Hey there, welcome to the Club Club Podcast. My name is James Alvarado. I'm the head <laughs> idiot here at the Hard Audio Cables offices. I'm joined by Hannah in Boston. Hello. And the talent, Zach and Patrick. Hello. Hello. How is everybody doing today? I'm all right. Great. I'm very excited to talk about this album. That makes one of us. <laughs> <laughs> I stayed up late last night taking notes on it. Oh, oh I need wow. to get my notebook. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, now you guys take I notes. Ta- well, we- <laughs> I usually take notes, although this is the first time that I hand wrote notes. Um, it wasn't really for any reason. How, I just felt like it. How artisanal of you. I know. <laughs> it really was. It's a great start. Patrick's gone. <laughs> but he just remembered that he also hand wrote notes. <laughs> <laughs> so this week we listened to the album As the Roots Undo by Circle Takes the Square. Circle Takes the Square. As the Roots Undo. Circle takes the square. Um, they're a screamo band from Brunswick, Georgia. This album was their first uh, full-length release. Prior to this, they had an EP and a split with the band Page 99. Um, this came out in 2004. And then after this album, they didn't release anything else for, I think, like eight or like another eight years or so um, until their next release in 2012. So they're on track for another release now. Yeah. So eight years later, we can only hope. Um, Yeah. So this band, they, I mean, I, they think they're somewhat inactive. I mean, I guess all bands are kind of inactive right now, but I feel like that has been like most of their like recent history has just been them like not really being active. And then they'll like tour or like, you know, they put out an album in 2012. Um, when they put out that album, it was sort of like an official, official reunion, like, quote unquote. Yeah. Um, and then they did some more sporadic touring after that, but yeah, they haven't done anything in the past couple of years. Yeah. But like they will still like post on like their Instagram occasionally and stuff. And like, you know, they'll do like just some random like merch and things, um, you know, so I so they're not like totally inactive, but like fairly inactive, I guess. Um gotcha. But yeah. So geographically, where is Brunswick, Georgia in relation to any parts Um, of Georgia? Close to like Savannah. Mm. Okay. 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 Yeah. 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 I actually do. Short coastline. Yeah. Yeah. Piece of Georgia. Right. Close to the coast. Um, Yeah. So not, not Atlanta. The other Mm. part of Georgia. Not the part I'm from either. It seems familiar. I actually think that's close to where I used to live but I was very tiny. I always forget that you lived in Georgia. I lived near St. Baby. Mary's, which now that, now that I'm looking at a map, that's actually not that far away from Brunswick. Yeah, I was about to say, I think that's like coast-ish or close to the coast. Yeah. Yeah, that actually, yeah, Kings Bay is right over there. Cool. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, so they still like live around there as far as I know. Um, at least so the bassist, uh, Kathleen, um, I know that she does at least. And then the, um, guitarist and other vocalist drew, um, I don't really, I don't think he's the one that runs the Instagram. I believe it's Kathleen. So I feel like I don't really know like what's going on with him. Do you know, Patrick? I think he might post on Instagram sometimes, but I'm not sure. Gotcha. I don't really know. Okay. I'm not sure what he's up to hmm. these days. Yeah. I know Kathleen, I think she works at, or maybe owns a barbecue restaurant. <laughs> yeah. Cause we um, always like, whenever we're driving yeah. uh, to Georgia to like visit our families, we're always like, oh, we should stop at the yeah. barbecue restaurant, but we never <laughs> have. Cause it's not on the way. It would be like add several hours onto the trip, but one and of then, these days. Uh, I don't know what Drew does. And I'm not sure what the drummer's name is or if they had a consistent drummer throughout their They didn't, time. but they, their drum, who their drummer is now is like kind of who was with them like at the beginning, but then they've had oh, okay. other people throughout. Hmm. Um, I think his name's like Caleb. Sounds familiar. It does yeah. sound right. Yeah. Um, my, my brief Wikipedia perusing I've done. All this How did you come into contact with this album, Hannah? So I first <clears throat> heard this band when... I was in college. Um, Patrick and I had like just maybe not just started dating, but like hadn't been dating for that long. And he like invited me to like go to a show with him and at the drunken unicorn, I believe in Atlanta. Um, and it was this band and I was like not really into heavy music at that point. Um, or like into screamo. Um, but I actually like really liked it. Like, you know, it was not exactly my thing, but I was like, this is really cool. And I hadn't really been to a show like that before. Um, so, you know, it's not like, oh, I was like an instant fan and like started jamming it all the time. But that was like how I first heard about them. And then just like slowly over the years, I got more and more into them. And then, you know, I'm much more into heavy music now than I was then. Um, so now they're like one of my favorite bands. And I've luckily seen them several times since then. Um, once with you, James, in Denton. Yes. Which you forgot about. I did not forget about that. Um, and then <laughs> saw actually, a band from Houston <laughs> there. Yeah. And then actually we saw them up here. Um, I think at the Sinclair, which was cool. Um, they like played with Caspian. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. It was just, yeah, a couple years ago. Is Caspian from that area too, or what? Yes. They're from Beverly, which is like a suburb, just a little bit. Caspian's from Boston, not Georgia. I'm not sure which one you were asking, Uh, James. I I meant Georgia. Oh, no. no, They're from the Boston area. Sorry. I thought you meant Boston. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, that was how I first heard about it. Um, so Patrick, how did you hear about them? Because you like wanted to go to that show. So like, what was the deal with that? It's a good question. It's been a long time. I'm not sure exactly how I first became aware of them. It was sort of just, I feel like people, so we were involved with Under the Couch at Georgia Tech. And I feel like shortly before I was there, there was like a show that they played there. So I sort of like right. remember seeing pictures from that on the Under the Couch website. And so I was just like familiar with the name. Yeah, the and name, then, yeah. You know, it was like a shirt that you would see people wearing, you know. I feel like <laughs> music-minded people in Georgia, would you'd sometimes see that. And I forget when I finally actually checked this band out, but. So did you know like what they were like going to the show, like going into it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think I had gotten into them at that point, but. Yeah. I don't remember for, for sure, but mm-hmm. definitely going to the show, I knew what they were. Yep. 
So Zach, were you familiar with this band before I chose it last week? I always meant to check them out, but I never did. Um, they were always like listed on like the blood brothers are one of my favorite bands and it's like, Hey, if you're a fan of this band, you would love this band. And I just never crossed over into listening to that. So basically no. And yes, at the same time, yeah, I always knew they they existed and I always knew that like the music I was listening to was like in the same scene as they were like, Mm -hmm. um, like the number 12 is also another band that that's a, that's actually a shirt I just purged in the move of <laughs> this house where it was, it's one of the few shirts I had in like the eighth grade that actually doesn't fit me anymore. So my number 12 looks like you shirt was thrown out, but, uh, my blood brother shirt still fits. Does that answer the question? I, yes, I guess I think so. <laughs> uh, to go off on a it tangent. Does. Yeah. Uh, and James, what about you? I don't know. I think I had probably heard of them before, but I mean, I really came into contact them to into contact with them through you guys you know yeah this is sort of a band that uh i mean i've I've listened i listened to screamo i've gone through like you guys know how i listen to music so i i like find a list of like bands you should check out in this genre and i'll go find like the important bands and listen to it so that this is one of those genres where i've done it and it's not like one of my favorite genres so like i don't choose a lot of bands to listen to from from this genre all the time Mm-hmm. my favorites being like satia or what's their oh loma prieta you know but i don't yeah. know if mm-hmm. it's like a different era it's, and a lot of dispute oh. i like but they're also more post-hardcore too so mm-hmm. fake screamo fake screamo no they're not fake screamo but they're i i don't they're nothing like satia or circle right. takes the square <laughs> true so like what other bands are on they're this just list? Like, like a lot more tame um page 99, page 99 Caterpillar, one, yeah uh yeah i would really set myself on ones. fire for you mm. stuff like that i mean i've listened to all those records and it's joshua fit for battle yeah i'm surprised you know i would set myself on fire for you but well, yeah. props um i hate myself so, another another good band in that era mm-hmm I have never listened to that. Mm, go check it out. I must have told you guys about this band, but uh, there's another amazing screamo band who calls so loud, which is basically an offshoot of Funeral Diner, hmm. but they're better than Funeral Diner, and you should definitely check hmm. them out. They only have an, one album and one EP, but interesting. It's like the best screamo. Oh, I've not possible. heard of it's either your choice of next. So. Yeah, um, one of the one you of can the make us I, listen to it. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. I love it too much. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, one of the reasons. I guess I have a hard time with these bands. It's because around this era, I was just like, I used to think like the warp tour bands and pop punk and what used to be called emo and scene and all that stuff was just so bad. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is a little bit adjacent to it. Like this is quality music, but it sort of bleeds into that mm. scene a little bit to me or it can. So I have like this weird, uh, it sounds like a James thing. Yeah. I had this aversion to it before I ever like let myself try it out. You know, mm-hmm. it seems like you were the one that was bad and not for sure. Least. Yeah. And so I absolutely love this kind of music. Yeah. Like the style of singing is like, not necessarily like my thing. As someone with a terrible voice, it gives me hope, you know, uh, I have a terrible voice too. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I should look at it that way. To me, like, you know, I, I get the warp tour thing. It's sort of like, all the warp source stuff is sort of like a commercialized offshoot of this genre. Um, yeah, like the real deal. <laughs> yeah, so it kind of I mean, Circle Texas Square yeah. like would was never on Warp Tour, you know, nor nor 
any band that really sounds like them. I mean, and that's something I kind of want to get into. It's like this band, it gets lumped with Screamo and it makes sense why. And I think they are a Screamo band, but like there's really no other band in that genre that I think sounds like them. They like just do a bunch of crazy stuff that nobody else really does. Yeah, I feel like I've heard like there's technical death metal bands that I've seen live that I feel like it could be in that realm. And then there's black metal elements as well, Mm -hmm. which I like those. Those are more up my alley than Screamo a lot of times. So I appreciate that aspect of it. Mm -hmm. All right. So James, why don't you give your kind of initial impressions of this album, aside from all of your hangups and whatever that you've already told us about. My hangups don't really have to do with the album. I really like the album. The album album is a grower. Every time I listen to it, I I find more things to like and Mm -hmm. it's way more melodic than you would think at first upon second, Mm -hmm. third, fourth listens. Mm -hmm. A lot more hooks than you would think there are there. And I think the lyrics are really strong on most of the album. Agreed. Yeah, the lyrics are interesting. They're, I don't know, steeped in this like... It's very like mystical, like mysticism, symbols, allusions to various different things. You're not really sure exactly what's being talked about, but it seems like I feel like it. It's all about paints like this very vivid picture to me in my head, and Mm. it is consistent throughout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of like very consistent imagery for sure. Um, like in the lyrics, and then just kind of like the way the band like presents themselves. Anyways, I think that Drew does like all of the like visuals for the band and like he definitely has just a very consistent style um so zach what about you what were your kind of initial impressions of the album having not heard it before i agree a lot with what james said like it's definitely a grower um i think like some of the first parts of the album are maybe harder to get through than the last half Mm -hmm. um because it's you know not as not as melodic and i i think that um the last half is really it's got some more like, I guess, post rock ish to it to where, you know, uh, they slow down a lot. And I think it it really shines when they, they kind of take the time to, um, like peel back and show some contrast in their music. Mm -hmm. Um, cause this is my problem with like the number 12 looks like you is that sometimes uh, I just get so bored with how heavy it is and how abrasive it is because it's like, just like a constant, uh, constantly berating me. So right. it is nice like to it have, never lets up. Yeah, yeah, it is nice to like let up and then you appreciate some of that, that more heavy stuff later on. Um, but yeah, overall, I really liked it. Like it's definitely right up my alley. And I think we're just continuing the, the trend of like Hannah and Zach reminding each other of high school. Um, cause this <laughs> is definitely something I would have listened to like e- nice. probably even the year it came out to be honest. Cause I, Very cool. Around the same I thought time, that this would have been a band you had already had in your back catalog and everything. I, I'm surprised I, it didn't. Uh, around the same time is when Burn Piano Island Burn came out, and that's one of my favorite albums of all time, and it's very similar. Yeah, so I don't know, Patrick and I don't really have to like give our initial impressions because we already know it, I guess. No, but... I want to hear it. Go. Cool. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I already said I really like this um, this band a lot, and I love this album. Um, just like I've. Well, let me look at my notes, see what I want to say about it. But. There we go. I agree that it's a grower. Um, and I sort of feel for you guys only having, you know, whatever it was a week to listen to it. Maybe you had two yeah. weeks, I don't remember. But, um, it, you know, I feel like it's been growing on me for as long as I've been listening to it. Yeah, um, that's basically like every time I listen to it, I basically like like it more and like just I'm constantly like noticing new things about right. it and like 
But there's like also because I have so many like favorite parts in it. Like I'm just always hearing those parts that I'm just like, oh, it's this part. Oh, it's right. this part. And like, for me at this point, it's an album where it's just like front to back. It's just like. Yeah. And I'm always like anticipating like just like little vocal parts that I like like. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, like they're about to do that one part. <laughs> and like, <laughs> So like when I listen yeah. to it, I'm just like <laughs> very excited. Like I'm not kidding when I tell you that last night I like just stayed up like in bed like with headphones on like taking notes on this album and like i have not done that for this podcast before <laughs> wow well, that, that and then i told bit. patrick that i did that and then he wanted to do it too so then he did the same thing i don't know how you guys feel but like every time i, I finally put my headphones on at the house mm-hmm. and just listen to music and turn everything off i enjoy it and i'm like why don't i do this more yeah and it's just right like, no, i don't really like I guess this will be like appalling for our viewers or our listeners to be hearing us say this. But yeah, I like don't listen to headphones a ton, like when I'm not working or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people are probably that way. Yeah. Which they I mean, I do it more, but I right. listen to my headphones like if I'm out and about or if I go skateboarding. Mm-hmm. Um, but at my house, it's, I mean, with two kids and a wife, it's hard. Right. You know, you yeah. Got, I mean, gotta it's be not like you want to so. be doing that all yeah. the time, but. That's what open back headphones are for. Am I right? <laughs> no, um, we can edit that out. But yeah, I mean, I, I always feel like, well, that's how hard audio cables got started was the whole idea was I wanted a nook in my living room that was like perfect for me to just listen to music on mm-hmm. at night so I could keep doing my music reviews and all that stuff. Y'all remember that era mm-hmm. of my yeah, life? I do <laughs> remember that. So uh, yeah, let's edit that out too. Oh, I just said it. <laughs> it's okay so where, where should we start with it um so i mean let's we we got to talk about the intro yeah so the intro which patrick already like gave us a little <laughs> taste of. of yeah the whistling i mean it's like i'm sure other bands have done it but it's not something you hear a lot like ominous whistling mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah they do it live <laughs> um I can't remember. They might have. They yeah, like might, they might they have something they can trigger to or something, do it. Yeah. yeah. It might get rough trying to whistle that every single night. I don't yeah. know. But. <laughs> well, I don't know who it actually is. It might not actually be a band member. I mean, yeah. maybe it is. But mm. Yeah. Who's? Um, can we look up the credits on all music and see yeah, who's see, got the like, whistle credits? The <laughs> um, but yeah. And then like when Same Shade as Concrete starts, like... It just kind of like slams in view and like. I don't know. I just feel like it's just like so many like different tones, like so many different vocal styles, like throughout the song. And it's just like, I don't know. A barrage. Yeah. It's yeah. just like, yeah. And it, I don't know. It just like tells you what's like or shows you what's coming for the rest of the album. And, and we get the first little taste of like their signature thing in Same Shade as Concrete, where it's like. They just do like, what's the like weirdest transition we can possibly think of? Right. And then like, (laughs) just do that. Yeah. And like, I really like how the whole like album flows. Like I wrote that in my notes. Like I like how the album flows. And then I was like, wait, like it doesn't flow. Like, why am I writing this? But it does um, kind of no, it, but it does yeah. like and yeah, but it's like very weird transitions, but like it still like flows somehow. This song makes me think that Hunter Hunt Hendrix listened to this band quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> maybe so, maybe so. Wait, who is that? The liturgy. 
Oh yeah, that. that's right. The um, uh, the synth at the end, you know, it sounds like some of the vocal stuff he was doing on one of their newer records. Or she, I think she's she now. Yeah, sorry, she is doing on one of their newer records. So, and that happened again. There's another song that reminds me of that too. I think it's like the Kill the Switch song. I feel like there's mm-hmm. some of their mm-hmm. guitar work on that song reminds me of liturgy or liturgy reminds me of some of the stuff on that i guess is the right way to say it yeah anyway just a random thought for me uh for the next track pro quill i just wrote blast beats write that for the whole album to be i know honest. yeah i don't know why i just wrote on that <laughs> song but i mean that has one of the best drum performances on the album i think if it's yeah that's right, probably what i'm thinking of but the drum, this is another, uh, th- like the thing I mentioned on Thou. Is it the rising roof line that makes me feel so swallowed whole? Or the way my, the way body, my body barely sticks the sky? There's definitely moments oh, on this yeah. where the drummer is like <laughs> going for it and doesn't quite right. land it. You hear it hits <laughs> off here and there. Yeah, but, you know, I mean, like on this kind of album, it's like. It's very endearing. What, what do you expect? Yeah. 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 And also it's. It was 2004. It was a simpler time, too. And also, it's just <laughs> a product of, you know, it's like this band, like, scraped together money to record or some friend recorded or something. And, you know, it's like, they're not like... Right. Yeah, I guess... A million years to spend in this studio, you know, so... Mm-hmm. How would you guys describe the production? Um, It's interesting. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's not like... It's unique in a way, but it's not necessarily something... Uh, an album that would be like, oh man, yeah, this is the best sounding album. But like, there's some things like that. If I feel like if I was mixing it, I would have done differently, but like, doesn't really bother me. Um, and -hmm. I don't think it sounds bad either. I think the, the drum sound had to grow on me on this album. Cause I think at first drum sound is a little weird. It's a little, it's a little gross. I don't know. Alice to describe it. Like I didn't, (laughs) I did not care for that snare sound, but by the end of it, I actually enjoyed it. Maybe it's yeah. some sort of weird, like, they just forced me to like it. People <laughs> always hate on ringy snares. That's the thing with the Metallica thing, too. But it's like, they ring in real life frequently. It's like, why are we so afraid of that? But That's anyway. right. When did when did the beauty standards of snares change, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, it can't get grating just listening to, like, a real ringy one over and over well, again. But. Yeah, especially in an album with just blast beats. The one thing that that bothers me about the production on this album a lot is just the transitions between clean and distorted guitar tone. So we compromise. compromise. There's like more bass in the clean tone. So and sometimes it sounds slightly louder on the clean. Mm -hmm. And I would have tried to clean that up and make sure that the clean parts didn't. You want the distorted part to sound bigger. To sound bigger. And I mean, it's not something that really bothers me that much. But if I'm nitpicking the production, that's something that stands out to me. as like... Could have been better, but... We're here to nitpick. Please. It also is somewhat endearing, you know, at this point. Right. I mean, it's just what the album sounds the way it sounds, and it's hard to imagine it sounding a different way, huh? Right. Yeah. 
I also feel like the clean guitar tone on the album is not really like I wouldn't really describe it as like good clean tone. It sounds kind of like bland or something. Later on when they do the post rock stuff with delay and stuff, that sounds kind of cool. But uh sometimes when he just like drops to playing those chords or something, it's just like the just flattest, like driest clean tone <laughs> you can imagine. <laughs> it's like but got the job done. Yeah. So yeah, I feel like I kind of already mentioned this, but one of my like, just like, I don't know, favorite things about this album is just that there's like so many like small like vocal moments that I just like, mm-hmm. like a lot. And, you know, that I just like anticipate hearing and everything. And I feel like in the nervous light of Sunday has a lot of those for me. Um, so I love the like curse, curse constantly. Lyrics. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. like one of is like parts always of stuck in my yeah. head. Um, and then <laughs> we heard, haven't mentioned it yet, but I love the back and forth between. Yeah, just like the sort the of two yeah, vocalists. two vocalists. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, right. Like that's yeah. I so like and that's why I brought up the them. Blood Brothers because that's very in that genre. You know, gotcha. Hmm. I'm not really familiar with them. Me either. You might have to pick it, Zach. I actually to listen. Probably will. <laughs> Perfect. And then I really like, there's like a scream in this um, song that I really like. It's like halfway, yeah, like halfway through, like right after the clean singing. Uh, there's like that scream that like, it like sounds like very like blood curdling. And like, I think that it's Kathleen, although like sometimes I can't tell who's who. Um, and like, I feel like her voice, it almost just like breaks and is just like. What do, what do they say during that part? Uh, I don't know. I can't remember. Is it the, there's one scream that I really love where it, it would, I know it's Drew doing this one though, where it's, um, it's like a clean guitar transition to like mm-hmm. distorted chunk and it all this, the vocals go from clean to, uh, like screaming at the same time where it's yeah. like, so we compromise. Mm-hmm. So we sacrifice. So we compromise. So we sacrifice. Oh it's no, like, I wrote that that part I thought sounded like Brian from that one. <laughs> Uh-oh. I literally wrote that lyric that you just said oh, and said, yeah. so we compromise, so we sacrifice line. <laughs> one minute in sounds kind of like Brian from thou. So no, that's not the part I was talking about, but I do like that part too. It got its own line in my notes. Sorry if that bothers how, you, Brian. How do you guys yep. feel about his clean vocals? I mean, I, I like them. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely it's like an acquired taste but yeah i don't i I mean i enjoy mm -hmm. them too but it's definitely not like a mass appeal thing so i feel like that he kind of sings in like a clean like he has a couple different styles of Mm -hmm. singing cleanly like uh i know you guys can't hear what part patrick's playing Mm -hmm. in my headphones but he was just singing a part where like he almost does that kind of like shaky like like overly like overwrought kind of clean vocal mm-hmm. and then i feel like later on he does um like in kill the switch he's the part that's like i know it's all been done before i want to do it again um i feel like he's singing that in like a different way i know it's all been done before i want to do it again I know it's all been- so i like them to answer your question this is the scream. I'm oh talking yeah, about. the all I ever ask was yeah. for a clean slate. Yeah, the voice really shrieks. Yeah, it's like a one. very like high pitched shriek. I also love have- the line in this one. It just it's just a little snippet, but I feel like it's so like 
just like a great detail to like put in a lyric like my dad's favorite novel on top of the pile mm-hmm. um i like that one yeah i do yeah. too earlier i said to patrick i was like i don't know how we're gonna have time to talk about all of our favorite vocal parts in this album <laughs> and now you guys are like seeing this come to light <laughs> yeah um i was gonna ask do y'all have all the lyrics memorized um no no, no. i mean there's so many like <laughs> When I was like, pulled them up last night to actually look at them, I was like scrolling and yeah. scrolling. And I was I, like, yeah. oh my God. I flash back <laughs> to the Deer in the Headlights episode when uh, Patrick said that there were, you know, paragraphs of lyrics. Yeah, and this I was is like, longer. I Kill, thought that Kill I the that Switch was like a fucking book, dude. <laughs> I know. I like kept scrolling and was like, all right, well, I was like, well, Zach won't be able to make his comment about how it's an eight minute long song and three lines of lyrics. <laughs> you you are he, right like, on that. I actually was able to do for True Widow and Thou. No but. joke. I when I saw that song link, I looked up the lyrics first before listening to it. Yeah. And you're like, all right. Is it <laughs> yeah. We're in for some three liner. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> so I don't know about y'all, but uh, In the Nervous Light of Sunday was one of my favorite songs on the album. It's a, yes. yeah, it's a good one. Definite contender for the playlist. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. The ending where it's the like acapella and drums screaming. That part is like so fun when they're doing it live mm-hmm. and we could all be in a room together. Yep. Uh, you mentioned the drums. Uh on the next track, interview at the ruins, like the way they play the drums on the toms in that mm-hmm. reminds yeah. me that band Kailessa from the same same area. Hmm. That's where they got it from. I realized, <laughs> you know, it's like uh, they have two drummers in their band. Who got it from who? Kailessa got it from Circle Takes a Square. Got I would it. assume it's just a similar style, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'd imagine they had heard of each other on the same ballpark. Mm-hmm. This was probably my favorite track on the album. This is probably mine if I had to pick one. Um, Do you guys like the sounds of the literal ruins? Yeah. Like, yeah, they're walking through the ruins yeah. in the interview, the actual interview. Yeah, I, I love right. that. It's like. This song just sounds like super, I don't know, just like has that desperate screamo vibe that's like mm-hmm. just what I love about the it, genre. It's kind of like it's one of my favorites too. It's almost like like uh borrows from like the horror punk genre, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, one thing that like I noticed, I don't know, that I guess I had noticed before, uh, but I had never really like analyzed it um last night when I was listening. I just realized, you know how this part has like kind of that extended like intro where there's like no um singing or screaming Mm, like i feel like i became like very aware that like there hadn't like nothing had been said in like several minutes and like i don't know it was like this very like eerie like feeling and it was almost like oh my gosh i'm like alone in these ruins like (laughs) i was like (laughs) having this like experience um and it was like looking at the ground and then just like oh my gosh like i'm alone and it was yeah interesting so uh, a quick story about this song um they're doing construction on the road like right outside my house Mm -hmm. and so i started this album when i got in my car and pulled out of my driveway and like turned 
onto where they're doing construction and i was stuck at that light until this song ended (laughs) (laughs) i pulled away as as it was doing the a murmur Mm -hmm. you know So, uh, construction sucks is what I'm saying. Yeah. But I did. I wish I could decipher the second half of the interview. Yeah. You can only really understand the first half. Mm-hmm. And like yeah. I know some people have tried to piece it together online. But I did look that up too. And it, it does seem like it's something about like death or suicide or something. Right. Yeah. Can you describe the final words? Working with us as the guys. Can you tell us what happened here? We finally got sick of it all. And which is kind of, I feel like a lot of the album is maybe about Mm -hmm. death, but it's, you know, it's a little ambiguous. Anyways, I really like that, uh, the ending though, like that was like the catchiest part of the album is when he's singing the, a murmur from the ruins Yeah, as the roots undo, you know, it's like, Hey, that's, Hey, that's the title of the album. That's what the album's called. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Um, and then, yeah, I feel like the, like last couple songs or i guess kill this switch i don't think does this but like non-objective portrait of karma and then the last track um you know have their nice little like breathers at the beginning Mm -hmm. where you're like you know have like a three minute instrumental I don't have a lot to say about non-objective portrait of karma. Okay. I, I only notice like this is maybe my least favorite track. It's got that long post-rock intro. Mm-hmm. You didn't care for the breather. I guess not. I really liked it. So yeah, this I, one I didn't have a lot about, but I just said that it's one point in the album where the music like mimics the lyrics. I don't really remember why I thought that. Um, oh, I think the part that it was like, and so we ran like the wolves were biting. So we ran. I felt like the music, maybe it started to like speed up or like something about like the way that the music um, was like changing during that line. Like it, I felt like it was like mimicking the lyrics. Um, Speaking of, I do like, there's multiple points in this album where they do like where it'll go to like really from really soft to really heavy. Mm-hmm. And the transition is like out of time. Like it's yeah. not even oh, like, yeah. a sl- it's not even like a slow yeah. build up. It's they're just kind of like, I, it, it it makes me feel like, like maybe it. maybe it was tracked live <laughs> first and they're just all standing in a room like looking at each yeah. other as the yeah, drummer's that speeding seems up. Likely. To turn a knife on itself, a knife of relief from all the petty inside, and finally I'll sleep. And I'll sleep through the night. And I really like that. It's it's cool because it's it makes me think about how they do that live. Like and they they probably mm-hmm. just feel it out, and that's that's really cool that they're not. You know, like bands like Between Them Buried and Me, where if you were to like mute one of their live performances and just put their album on, like mm-hmm. they're like, you know, one to one with the tempo of the their live stuff. And it's it's that's honestly boring to me. Like I like to mm-hmm. I like some uh, variance in my my shows. Um, Yeah, for Kill the Switch. This is a pointless thing for me to say because I'm <laughs> half convinced that it's like a false memory because I like said it to Patrick and he has no memory of it. Um, but I swear, like the last time that we saw this band live before they played this song, they made a joke that it was a Neil Diamond cover, <laughs> which like would be like a very ridiculous joke to make. And like there is at least a 50 percent chance that I just totally made this up and like it's not even a real story. Um, but I for some reason remember that. 
Patrick does not remember it. So I don't know if it's true or not, but it would be a funny joke for them to make if it was. You, you live your truth, Hannah. Maybe it's your just, truth. Maybe, maybe you yelled that out at the show. <laughs> maybe I did. <laughs> Play the Neil Diamond song, Kill, Kill the Switch. <laughs> I googled earlier, like, does he have a song called that? And like, they're just like, saying, but no, <laughs> there's not a Neil Diamond song called "Kill the Switch." In case anyone's wondering, Google emailed you and said, "Do not look up this anymore." You <laughs> said, "Don't be ridiculous." Yeah. This is another one of the. Uh, this is one of my favorite songs on the album. I agree. Yeah, I really like this. In song. the nervous light of Sunday, interview at the ruins, and this song are my three favorites. Mm-hmm. Nice. There you go. I like the part where they're building up and like doing the yellow, 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 red, red, red. Yeah, I like the tell me who wouldn't give their lives for such a soapbox to die behind. And then I know it's all been done before. I want to do it again. Mm-hmm. Those are some of my favorite. Yeah, I love that line at the end lyrics. because I, I just identify that with that line. You yeah. Know? And it's just a great comeback to like right. any sort of like. I know it's all been done before criticism thrown your way about like well it's already been i know it's all been done before yeah somebody already did that so what i want to do it again <laughs> i know it's all been done before i want to do it again i want to do it again yeah it's very good <laughs> there is a the way he says it at the like when he is doing that like talk singing mm-hmm. part it's just like kind of the perfect little yep. embodiment of that yeah there's a line in here that made me uh, learn my French Revolution art history. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I Which came one? across that one, too. Uh, uh, and death, a noble pose, a Mar- Marat. I'm guessing it's not Marat because it's French. Marat David. Yeah. Um, Marat David. Yeah. <laughs> that's the way they pronounce it on yeah, the song. Yeah, that's how they pronounce it in the yeah. song. Yeah. yeah. That <laughs> is uh, the cover of a Have a Nice Life's album called mm. Death Consciousness. Mm. Oh. A very good album. Maybe we should cover that sometimes nah we're doing neil diamond next <laughs> this is a neil diamond cover there's like at least a 50 percent chance that patrick's gonna pick like george Strait or oh. like this new i would be down pop don't, country don't, artist don't he just learned about nico moon <laughs> what would have you, you say? all heard nico moon no it's like a very this bad like, pop country artist that patrick I'm, I'm okay found. i'm normally one to be like no i don't have guilty pleasures i just like what i like this one is like all right this music is just it's, it's just like objectively trash. cringy, but I love these songs. I'm very Nico interested. Nico Moon. It's like country okay. with like just like light <laughs> rap style beats behind it. Oh, but okay. like, it's so bad. It's so good though. He's from good Tyler, time. Texas. He, he was born in Tyler. He was born in Tyler. <laughs> Nico Moon. He lives in Georgia now. He like, I don't is know, this, played with Zach Brown you? Band for a while, but um, <laughs> he's got that real pretty boy uh, modern country look. Real skinny jeans and, and a, a wide, wide brim hat. <laughs> Patrick's been coming up with like parody lyrics for like the last week to his songs. Anyway, wow. Nico um, so yeah, I'm not sure if, if Patrick's going to pick that I'll for his choice. For so choice. I'm warning you guys because well, I'm worried. Well, you know, your choice has to be a surprise. So now it just wouldn't be a surprise yeah. anymore. So, oh, well. Anyway, on Kill the Switch, I love the part at the end, towards the end where they're just like. Kill the Switch. Kill the Switch. Kill the Switch. You know, it's that lyrical style there is just like 
Yep. Just the way they're screaming it is is awesome. The vocals, their screaming style is really good. I like it a lot. Yeah. I read, I once, uh, this was a long time ago. I don't remember where this interview was. I read an interview with them that was like, it, it was like, how do you, I think I found it by Googling about like screaming. You techniques. did, because I remember you telling me I was me like, I wonder, this. you know, I've heard this ago. idea that like there's yeah. certain ways you can scream that aren't as bad for your voice. You can train yeah. yourself or whatever. And I came across an interview with Circle Takes a Court where someone asked them, you know, what techniques do you use to try to keep your voices intact? And they were like, uh, we don't really use any techniques because we just feel like we don't get the right emotional impact. We just go for it. And we just try to drink a bunch of water and eat healthy on tour. <laughs> yeah. I was like, all right, well, I'm going to do the same thing. <laughs> yep. And I kind I mean, of agree you, with that. You, you know? scream like just one, go for it. One tenth the amount that they do, though. Right. In the right. show, which mm-hmm. is crazy that they could do that on a night by night. I know. Basis. Yeah. And they've gone on like six week long tours, which you've never been able to do, unfortunately. Yeah. One day. Patrick, one I have day. a guitar now. James has a guitar now. It's happening. Let's do it. I'll I'll play third guitar. Yes. There we go. Now we can start our band, our other band, uh, Zach. Did you almost call him Hart? I did. I don't know. <laughs> Hart, my boy. You're not my dad. Hart, my boy. You're not an audio cable. <laughs> um, so, so this last song, I'm going to send something in the chat real quick. Here's my only problem with this song. Is that every okay. time I hear this riff? I just hear this. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. You really since we're an audio only podcast. Wait, I did just, you you sent this? You sent a Grinch earlier too. That's that's why. <laughs> okay, because of this. Oh. It's that I can kind of see do, it. Do, but you're a mean one, yeah. Mr. Grinch. Yeah, I know. It's just that one like <laughs> intro guitar line that sounds. But that's the same line as. Is it really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it a, it's a little bit different rhythm, a little bit like more on a rhythm than like uh, uh, the whistling at the beginning. It's a little bit more like. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, reform. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do like how they use that motif here for on the guitar and then end the album with it, too. But. Um, so yeah, this band, we already talked about this a little bit, but they're very, very good live. Um, and I had the thought earlier that like, I might never get to see them live again, <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe I will. Let's ask him to play a show. Let's yeah. set him up on Instagram. Let's get a, yeah. I'm sure Instagram. we could get him to play at least one more show when the time is right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so if you ever like have the opportunity to see them do it, you won't regret it. Even if you're like not into Screamo. Just go anyways. This is directed to all of our listeners. Just <laughs> go anyways. This is Broaden your horizons. Right. Before we move on from this last song. If I could address our listeners before you go, uh, quit listening to Dark Side of the Moon <laughs> and broaden your horizons. Yeah, listen to Circle Takes the Square. The, uh, there's one line. So I don't know exactly where it is in the song. I just wrote it down from this, which I felt like was a really funny, self-aware line to include mm-hmm. from Drew. Or is something he says he has a helpless passion for the obtuse. Do I It could be like a diss about his lyrics or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At least he's self aware. Yeah. yeah. So I, as far as I understand, I think that he writes all of the lyrics. Um, 
as far as I know, which it does very much to me feel like one person, you know, like they both like sing and yeah. scream, but like it definitely feels like it's coming from one person as far as just like from one person's brain, I guess. Do you think that they write the lyrics after they write the music? I have no idea. Because it, it's one of those things where like, I wonder how they try to fit some of the stuff in. Yeah, like, that actually is a really good question. The, the, their vocal cadences are just so weird that mm-hmm. I, I just, I don't know what, what comes there, first. Right. Are there any notable bands that, that do write the lyrics first and then have like a melody and then write the music around it? I mean, the, the one that I can think of that we already talked about was the Law Dispute. He writes his lyrics uh, first and then the band writes the music to it. Um, interesting. I know there are some people that work that way. Uh, it's yeah, baffling, a little bit baffling to me. Yeah, I feel like that but, is less yeah. common, but yeah, I mean, yeah. certainly. I mean, happens. I know of I know of instances where like the lyrics are written, but the song is written. It's 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 written separately from mm-hmm. it, right? And then someone marries the lyrics to the song sure. just by making it fit. But mm-hmm. I don't know. It seems very, um, I guess, difficult to me. I don't know. It's mm-hmm. foreign to me. Okay. I think a lot of these like uh, pop, I don't know, like professional songwriters may start with the lyrics more frequently because they want to start from like the idea of what the song is about and then make the music go to it. But maybe I'm not sure. I'm sure there's people that work both ways. Mm-hmm. I could see maybe like they hear the vocal hook first right? Right, and they right. build the song around it. Yeah. Could you describe the album artwork for us? Boy, this one could be a little tricky. Yeah. Um, so it's um, it's a bird, probably a crow, I would guess, based on the imagery in the uh, song titles and lyrics. But it's like got lines coming out of its head, radiating from its head. This is all like drawn in like silver and gold and like green ink. Mm-hmm. And... There's like a wall behind it. It's it's almost like vines are coming out of the crow's head. The crow might be decomposing. Um, and it says circle takes a square on the bottom in their like classic uh, sort of text where they do the Latin style V for a U. They, that, they tend to stylize their name that way. And they also, I think, don't have a crossbar in the A. I can't tell from here, but um, yeah. There's a lot going on. It, it's hard to describe. There's just like a lot of lines, a lot of detail. Um, it's cool to look at and very like on brand for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. It definitely fits their like visual style. Do you know what their um, their band name is a reference to? I don't. Do you? Mm-hmm. It's a reference to the uh, the old Hollywood Square game show. Hmm. Um, where they basically play tic-tac-toe. Uh, hmm. <laughs> so, circle takes the square. Circle takes the square. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. Good job. That Zach. is very interesting. Um, uh, any uh, trailing thoughts before we uh, yeah. move on? They say threnody twice. Yeah, I know. I, I, I noticed that, yeah. It's, it's a, a weird word to use. Wait, say that again? They use the word threnody. Oh, yeah. What does it actually mean? I never, I didn't look it up. I'm not I didn't sure. either. 
<laughs> I'm not really <laughs> surprised right that that would happen right though, you know, like with yeah. the style of writing or whatever. And I actually was like reading one interview with Drew where he was just saying something like, oh yeah, Kathleen's like a mm-hmm. great editor. Like she'll like point out uh-huh. if it, I like repeat the same thing too many times or like. It means I lament. Hmm. But I guess she hmm. didn't catch this one. <laughs> hey, use that weird word twice. One time I know they said a threnody of crows. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That was in the later part of the album. Um, so yeah, I really like that this band is from Georgia, just like being from Georgia. I think it's cool. Um, and I don't know, it's like Brunswick is like not a cool place to be from. Yeah. Like there's nothing wrong with it, but it's just like, you know. It's not like Nico Moon who's from Tyler, Texas. It's not like yeah, like yeah, they've got nothing on Nico Moon. <laughs> yeah, so James, what's kind of your one one cent sentence? Let's hear it. Analysis. Uh, Although the vocal stylings are not really up my alley at seat Brunswick alley. <laughs> um, <Boo>. I like <laughs> it <laughs> and uh, I recognize it for being a pretty good album in the genre. And when I drew a blank. Oh, I was going to bring up the guitars reminded me of Seisha a little bit in which James brought up that band earlier. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There you go. Is that your one sentence? That's oh, uh, the yeah, thing I wanted it. to say, man, how does remind me of say shit? My other. Wait, he remembered his blank that he drew. <laughs> Let's hear it. It's very important. It's very, the album is a grower. Oh, um, yeah. There you go. I thought you were going to say it was a threnody. Mm. <laughs> I was going to say it was a threnody of crows. <laughs> uh, Patrick, what about you? Just. I love this album. Just like a, 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 a Extremely unique, well done Screamo album that's just like dripping with emotion and raw passion. So, I is like this a snarky a band or a? There, I feel like no. Yeah, not not really. There's a little bit of snark in the in some of the line delivery and just some of the like over the topness of the lyrics, but they're very like um, sincere and most of what they're doing so they're not really that snarky no mm-hmm. like inner like interview at the ruins you know it's like just there's no snark there you know it's just just that desperate feeling zach did you was that your one sentence or do you want no, to say anything no, no. Else? that was a okay. trailing thought my one <laughs> sentence um which will probably be two sentences mm-hmm. great great music for um heavy traffic uh it's definitely uh <laughs> you know therapeutic um it it's a it's a good let's say uh bombastic you 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 seem to not like bombastic music but you like this which is interesting it's very cathartic and i think is it is it because it's not snarky what sorry patrick go ahead no i'm just i'm speaking for hannah but (laughs) i feel like (laughs) she can defend herself (laughs) i feel like when she says that she doesn't like something that's bombastic I don't like the attitude of the person. Bombastic. It's like a, a bombastic attitude. I don't like the attitude yeah. of the person I, that is calling it bombastic. <laughs> it's a very weird hang up. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying that as somebody who likes pup and Hannah doesn't like pup. So, well, I, there's like three pup songs that are really good. Yeah, that's three more than I thought you liked. No, they have, they have a couple songs, songs that I like a lot. And then it's like the rest are just like, no. I think and the that's rest a band that just like. We could uh, we could have a good discussion about overhyped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just yeah. feel like they're overhyped. Like, there's nothing wrong with them, but hyped appropriately. 
Um, I, I feel like my my one sentence was somewhere in there. I, I'm gonna pass. <laughs> I feel like we're talking about pup now. <laughs> pup, pup to me is like uh, a draft pick that went high in, a, in the high rounds and then yes. kind of was a bust. Mm, yes. You know what I mean? That's yeah. what I think of them. As. Except they are really popular, so I don't know if that they're really a bust in that sense. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and I I think and they have a couple last, songs that are like very very good. I think their last album is amazing. So I don't another, another similar band. It. Another similar band. Boxing. To, I well, they're I not sonically that similar, but say that. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't. Yeah, foxing, I'm not a huge fan of. So I'll feel I feel the same about foxing as I do about pup, in which they only got better for me. So <laughs> I'm just saying that last Look, foxing glad, album. I'm glad great. you're on this podcast. I also don't know how we were in the same. I don't know how we worked in a band together. Yeah, yeah. As long as we well, did, there's always a band yeah. dictator. So that's that's true. You know when I looked I at you know. and shrugged and was like, "Sure, we'll we'll do that." Hated <laughs> <laughs> everything coming out of my brain. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so yeah, for me, like, yeah, I, I mean, I would agree with you that like this is a grower too, because yeah, it, like, it's been growing on me for ten years or whatever. Um, and yeah, I just I find it very unique. I find it very inspiring. Um, I just like. I feel like when I listen to it, I'm just like kind of like in awe and like, I don't know. I don't know why I don't really find parts like any parts of it, like cringy or like over the top or anything, because I easily could like yeah. all these, like a yeah. lot of these lyrics I'm writing down. Like I, like if I didn't like it, I would be like making fun of it. But like for some reason I do like it. Um, it just like strikes a chord with me. I don't know why. Do you guys like the album more after uh, doing a deep dive on it? Like this yes. or less? Yes, more. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, I didn't like drastically change my view, but yeah, it definitely didn't make me like it less. And if anything, yeah, just more because I just like paid attention to it like even more and like more closely than I had. Right, some recently. lyrics I hadn't noticed before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so cool. what are we listening to next week? Hmm. Wouldn't you like to know? Yeah, we would like to know. <laughs> I would. How many As albums of this morning does, he hadn't picked, so I'm very curious to hear. How many albums has Nico Moon put out? No, none. none. He, he has an EP. <laughs> he has an EP. Five song EP. Um, no, we're not listening to Nico Moon. Although you guys should, I would. We'll, we'll do that offline. Um, yeah. Drop it in the chat. Yeah. Um, we're gonna listen to the Sonic Youth album Evol. E V O L. Evol or EVOL. We're gonna have to figure that out. Um, it's their third album. It's apparently the first album that where they really started to kind of write songs that had some form instead of just doing more noisy mm-hmm. things. Have but, you ever um, listened to this, Patrick? I've never heard it. Okay, I was about to say. I feel like you've never heard this. Probably. That's a good call. Cool. I'm cool. excited. Uh, thank you as always for listening to us. I hope you enjoyed it. 
Next week, we are listening to Evil by Sonic Youth. If you'd like to contact us, you can email us at clubclub at hardaudiocables.com. If you want to follow Patrick and Hannah on Instagram, they're at I Wish I Could Skateboard. If you want to follow Zach on Instagram, he's at the Cookie Monster 258. Did I get that right? Correct. I did. Um, and then myself and also Hannah are on Hard Audio Cables on Instagram.